Let's go to Seminole Ted, who's up with us next before we get to Stockwatch. What's up, Ted? Hey, appreciate you taking my call. Yes, sir. You know, just real quick, I listened to a good bit of the game on Friday, as always, man. You do such a good job calling the game, but I tell you, it looks like Clemson's going to be very aggressive on the base pass this year. Uh, I like it. I like what they're doing. Of course, I guess with Eric back, that's what you get. You get a lot of small balls and set up and all that other good stuff. But, yeah, I just want to let you know, as usual, man, you do, you do a great job of calling the game. You're not boring, and, and you definitely keep it, keep even the people who aren't Clemson fans engaged. So, pass off to you, man. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Ted. I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate the kind word. That's that's too kind. Um, I did hear from a lot of people this weekend, and um, that enjoyed the calls. And I, I'm always grateful for that. Um, I I do. Um, for people who don't know, I baseball is my. That's the sport that I feel the most passionately about, especially from a like from calling games. Uh, I love calling baseball and it's so much fun to call them with Bob Mahoney. Um, as somebody who cares very deeply uh, about the game and about Clemson. And, um, I'm excited just the opportunities I get. This is, this is the time of year where I get to do more because Don is traveling with men's basketball a lot more. And, um, so I just, I, I cherish these, I cherish these opportunities. I'll tell you what, Ben, I'm, I'm getting to go to Columbia in, about a week and I had two weeks. And uh, I'm going to tell you something, man. The Gamecock fans, they did not like that Clemson also had a good weekend. Every time, look, I there were some national Twitter. Like, did you see the Austin Gordon play, the diving play off the mound for the double play? Yeah. From Saturday? Okay. Uh-huh. Like, all of the comments were Gamecock fans that were like, well, you didn't score 20. Well, you didn't score 20. You know what? How insecure are you, man? It's a new cut, like it's game two with a new coach. You guys are ranked. I heard South Carolina was better than Clemson. How about tweet some stuff about your team play well this weekend? Oh, there's, a, there's a lot oh, of man. there's a lot of fan bases in different sports worrying about uh, Clemson right now. Oh man, you I know can't who wait. you are. A couple of you probably need to worry <laughs> about your team being on the bubble and not Clemson being on the bubble. Uh, ben, that seems like I, I wasn't ranked first preseason just beat your rival man how about that just beat your rival hey uh ben it's time i have lots of thoughts we are gonna get to baseball i have lots of thoughts about the other stuff that people may not notice this weekend and that brings us into stock watch who's got worth this week it's time for the stock watch on out of bound point is ladies and gentlemen that greed for lack of a better word is good. I don't know where you get your information, son, but I don't like it. Well, life all comes down to a few moments. This is one of them. Roller coaster, ups and downs, you know that. Not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. We are WCCP 105.5, The Roar. You know, just for our guy Cole, I'll just give the Miami Heat a stock up. Just because he asked for it. Okay. I'm all right with that. I, uh, I don't really know why. The NBA didn't play this weekend, but I'll give it to him. Well, because they are going to sign uh, uh, Love. Oh, yeah, Kevin Love. And to stand over there and shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say Kevin, Ke- Caleb Love. I, that would have been weird. I mean, that'd be, that'd be fine, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to get him for like a, you know, for nothing. So... 
get a veteran on your on your bench. I mean, he's not going to do anything else, but why not? Why not? You know, uh, uh, Jawan Howard and Udonis Haslam were that role for years right, and years and years right. for them. So why not bring in somebody else to do that? Um, stock up to Mac McClung. Unbelievable. Ben, what the heck? Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Mac McClung okay, went to... Okay, number one, tell people who Mac McClung okay, is. Mac McClung... I thought he was a rapper. He won... Well, maybe. Who is I, that, Mac Side somebody? note, this... <laughs> I'll get to it, I promise. I watched the Netflix documentary about the rise and fall of Ann One. Mac McClung is if the professor... You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, white dude? Yeah. The professor, my godson... If he played in the NBA, that's Mac McClung. Mac McClung won the NBA slam dunk contest. He made all of his dunks. He got almost straight. Fat. Didn't he get 50s on three of his four dunks? And one was like a 49 and a half or 48 and a half or something mm-hmm. like that. Unbelievable. He dunked over a person and a half. He did what was termed a 720. I'm comfortable giving it a 540. Maybe like a 660 or a 640. I'm not comfortable giving that a set. I don't think it was two full turns, but it was still very impressive. Here's what happened, Ben. Mac McClung was a YouTube sensation. He went to Georgetown, and everyone forgot because Georgetown never won a game when he was there. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the G League, and no one knows who he is. And so Mac Mc- people realize now, and they remember now, that Mac McClung at one time was the YouTube sensation at the prep level before he went to Georgetown. Doing stuff like that in games. Making people look ridiculous in games. From a judge a book by its cover standpoint, Mac McClung is the Hunter Renfro of the NBA. Yeah, oh yeah. Where you look at him and go, okay, why is the towel boy on the floor? Right? Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Get this, and it's, I'm reading this from a tweet. Uh, he went from the G League to the NBA, a shoe deal with Puma, and a dunk contest champion in the last five days. Career earnings before the dunk contest was $106,000. He made $100,000 for winning the dunk contest. He had a pretty good weekend. Pretty good weekend, buddy. No question. And we had a texter earlier say, never in my life would I have thought I would ever text this, but the dunk contest was really good. It, and it was. It was entertaining. I appreciate it. I didn't watch it. But then I heard about this, and I had to go back and watch it. That's right. Uh, McClung, uh, he's just easy to root for. By the way, this was the this was like when Spud Webb won, and Spud Webb had some good dunks. Don't get me wrong, but it's always fascinating for me to to for people to be like Spud Webb had the best slam dunk contest victory ever, and it was literally just a small guy jumping and dunking. This was the Spud Webb win of all the wins because, as you said, it's because of how the cover of the book looks. And you know what? McClung's dunks were uh, pretty doggone amazing, so I'll uh, I'll give him that. Stock up to him. Stock down to Mick Cronin. Not because UCLA's bad or because they lost or anything like that. Ben, Mick Cronin, apparently, I, like, I understand taking issue with your team's seed. How about taking issue with your team's pre-seed? How about when your team is a two-seed, you get mad and you call the fact that your team is a two-seed in the NCAA tournament but not even in a tournament, just the pre-tournament where they're telling you who the top 16 teams are right now. Comical. This is what Mick Cronin said, quote, If you ask my one-word answer on that ranking, comical. I'm going to try not to laugh. Then he says, when we left the Pac-12, it cost a lot of people millions of dollars, and there was going to be fallout, and I think it's a direct result. 
I had nothing to do with us leaving the league, but you deal with the fallout being a lame duck, close quote. He says that the NCAA selection committee put his team at the two seed with three weeks left in the season, and it's because his team is leaving their conference, which is something that the the uh, the selection committee shouldn't care about at all. I just thought it was the it was honestly the weirdest sour grapes thing that I've seen in a long time for somebody being mad that his team was a two seed when, by the way, Kansas, who's rated below them in the net, has more quad one wins than UCLA has quad one games played. Kansas has 13 wow. quad one wins, and UCLA, I think, has 11 or 12 quad one games played. Don't 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 act like there's no reason for you guys to be a, a two seed here. Just odd, just really odd stuff there from uh, from Cronin. And then he did say, which this is actually what he's setting up, his classic Dabo move here. Quote, a couple years ago, we proved your seed doesn't matter. Close quote. So, uh, oh, yeah, the Roy bus in, uh, <laughs> in over there in, uh, in Los Angeles is cranking up. So stock down to him. Uh, others, stock up to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Ben, he starts in 31st place. He avoids all the wrecks in the final hour of Daytona 500, which was officially, I think, three laps. The final hour of the Daytona 500 that had more wrecks than the the rest of the race combined. He just kind of he just kind of survived, and it's becoming a trend now that like these weird nondescript people are winning the Daytona 500 because all the favorites just wreck each other on restarts. That's what happened here, where you had Joey Logano out in front and Stenhouse. Just barely edged in front of him before the caution on the final lap and ends up taking home the Daytona 500. His first win, Ben, in 199 races. Stock up to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for that last night. Another conversation for another day, but would love the NASCAR fans' perspective on this. I'm all about the safety but when you're on the final lap and the wreck is beyond the start-finish line, do we not? could we not just race to the line rather than worry about rely on video review to decide where the cars were at the precise moment the flag was? I, I don't know. That, that just, for a race the magnitude of Daytona, Daytona's a big freaking deal. Yes. I mean, it's still a big deal. And and you have to you have to wait on uh, deciding where the official uh, race ended. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think you're getting away with that in other sports. I didn't agree with that. It would be like if there was a one-on-one fast break opportunity in basketball, and somebody falls on the base, like way on the baseline, and they blew the play dead, like right. in a tie game or something like that. You're right. Other sports would not get away with it. And uh, I did think it was weird that, like, I saw Logano, like, pull ahead of him. And I'm like, well, it seems like I didn't have the sound on because I assumed that's what they would do. They would get mm-hmm. to the the lap and they would decide. But it ended up that it didn't matter. Logano passed him just so he could say he crossed the line first, I think. But uh, Stenhouse ended up winning anyway. Stock down to John Rom. You know why, Ben? This is my th- – this is the um, – this is the weird relationship I have with the Tiger Woods phenomenon. As I said on Friday, I am done fighting the Tiger Woods phenomenon and wishing he wasn't in tournaments because I know it brings eyeballs. With that said, if you ask somebody, hey, what do you know about the Genesis Invitational this weekend? The first thing they would say is Tiger made the cut. When, and I would say that like the common fan, when John Rahm just won for the third time this year. It's like the third fastest anybody's ever won three tour events. 
Who gives a flying crap about that? Almost no one. Now, the diehard golf fans are going to know, and the people who are trying to bet every week on golf are going to know. But I doubt that the average golfer knows that because of Tiger Woods. It is the double-edged sword of Tiger Woods. Yes, he brings eyeballs. Yes, he is interesting. But there are legitimately great golf stories happening out there on the course with him. Mm Mm-hmm that are not getting the attention that they deserve, in my opinion. Yeah, both did get covered, though. I mean, when you get down to the final round, on the final round yesterday, the the cameras were on the leaders. So, but I mean, I get your point. And the headlines are, hey, Tiger actually played four rounds in a row. <laughs> First, yeah. You know, you're right. That- you're right. But Rom did, I mean, Rom and Max Homa, they, they did get coverage yesterday I, I don't know they're not they don't have the popularity and the notoriety though they just don't it's true if you're if you're watching coverage of the tournament you're exactly right if you're watching coverage of the tournament then you're seeing Rom and Homa because at that point Tiger's off the golf course and you know they're they're not you know uh let's go live to Tiger he's en route back to the hotel and he's in mile you know in mile marker three they're not doing that here's kind of devil's advocate here I could almost argue, though, more people know that John Rahm won this tournament because Tiger was in it. And it's, that's the, that's the other taking, edge of the sword. Instead of taking eyeballs off of the leader, in a roundabout way, you might actually put more eyeballs on the leader. You know what? That's such, that's such a good point. Don't you hate it when I make a good point? Uh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> you know why I hate this one so much? Because I just changed my mind on this, and I changed it back, and I'll change it back again. Uh, on, on Friday, I thought Tiger missed the cut. I mean, you know, he he, try, he has to chip in on eighteen. You think to be even, and at the at the time that it was even, I mean, that's where the cut line was. Like, okay, well, it's good why it lasted. And I, I didn't know till midday Saturday he'd made the cut. There were other really good golfers that uh, that didn't play. I mean, where yeah. is Jordan Spieth? Like, yeah, and Dan Danny Charleston actually, yeah, good point. Uh, Tiger was the host of this tournament. He's the host of the fair. Gym. Fair, that's true. That that is a little bit of a there's a little bit of a difference when that's the when that's the story. That's right about Stockwatch presented by Kiwi Financial Group. Uh, go and and see Greg Wales from Kiwi Financial Group. The, the markets are ridiculous right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen. One day the market's going to tank and we're going into a recession. The next day it's it's gangbusters, and you just don't want to fool with that. You just don't. And so let Mark. Uh, do with your money what professionals do, which is manage it in the proper way and make sure your retirement is secured. That's the beauty of Kiwi Financial Group and their great approach. Go by and see them right there by Max Drive-In on Pendleton Road in Clemson. I can't believe I have to beg you to talk about Clemson baseball, but in the next segment, I'm begging you to talk about Clemson baseball. I know you don't like to talk it at all. You know what? You've twisted my arm. Okay. We're going to talk Clemson baseball next. You're scared. You cannot pay your credit cards. You cannot pay your medical bills. Someone suggests to you debt consolidation, combining them all in one payment. Can you really afford that? Is there something else you can do? Call me and see if bankruptcy can help you. Call me, Robert King. Together we will look for a thoughtful solution to your legal problem. Thompson and King, 300 South Tower Street in Anderson. Call 222-0200 or online at thompsonking.com. Thompson and King is a debt relief agency helping people file for bankruptcy under the bankruptcy code. One day, your Honda, Acura, Lexus, or Toyota is going to need an oil change. And there's that question, where do I take it? Before you make that decision, ask yourself what you're getting. Do they test drive your vehicle? Do they rotate your tires? 
Do they glance at the brakes or remove the tires and provide an exact measurement of your brake pads? What about suspension? Fluids? At First Class Halt, an oil change means so much more than routine maintenance. Come experience the difference. FirstClassHalt.com, your dealership alternative in Anderson and Greenville. Are you looking to take your lawn to the next level in 2023? At Carolina Top Dressing, we are committed to serving the upstate and bringing golf course type practices to your home, including aeration, top dressing, dethatching, and soil conditioning. Also, ask us about our latest top dressing amendment, Carolina Mix, or sign up for any of our turf services by visiting us at www.carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! Let's hear from another happy Ph.D. client, Don Munson. Back in May of 2022, I walked through the doors of Ph.D., weighing 168 pounds and looking for help to lose 20 pounds. Now, you say, what's 20 pounds? Well, I have two words for you, visceral fat. I know I had no idea what visceral fat was either, but it's the fat that gathers around your belly and, more importantly, around your heart and other organs. It's not good stuff. But Dr. Ashley Lucas and her staff at Ph.D. gave me the tools to start clearing visceral fat from my body in a way that was organized, healthy for me, and most importantly, easy. All right, so how many pounds did you drop? But in 100 days, I was down over 20 pounds. Yeah, I think most people assume that you're going to lose the weight and go through the motions and then put it right back on. That's not what Ph.D. is about. You drop the weight quickly, and because you've learned how to feel better and you've got the tools to be successful, you keep the weight off in the maintenance phase, which is free as a part of the program. For more information on why they're different, go to MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Shopping at Ingles is where it's at, right? If you're on the run or you don't have time to make a meal, a trip to your Ingles Deli is the best bet for fresh and prepared foods to go. They have everything you need for you and your team, whether at home or at the tailgate. How about a beautiful arrangement from the Ingalls Floral Department to give a friend or a loved one a nice pick-me-up? Be sure to use that Ingalls Advantage card because it saves you real money at the 24-hour Ingalls Gas Express pumps. Did you know Ingalls has a great choice of gluten-free products to choose from? Go to Ingalls-Markets.com and you'll find a huge list of those gluten-free products. And remember Ingalls, too, for your family's pharmacy needs, including vaccine and flu shots. American-owned with locations throughout the upstate. That's Ingalls, where you'll always find low prices and you'll love the savings. For a limited time, Founders Federal Credit Union is offering the Super Mortgage Program. Save big with super rates available on a 15-year fixed mortgage and a 7-1 adjustable rate mortgage. Plus, take $1,000 off closing costs with no discount point fees. With no private mortgage insurance required, you can relax knowing your mortgage stays with Founders. Act now. Offer ends March 31st. Visit foundersfcu.com forward slash super rates today. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender. Institution NMLS identification number 410646. Federally insured by NCUA. Mr. Knickerbocker isn't just a store, it's a lifestyle. Shop 100% collegiate licensed tailgating items, gifts, decals, apparel, pet products, hats, and more for all Clemson sports all year long. With four locations to serve you, shop Clemson on College Avenue or the Lifestyle Store, Seneca at Hartwell Village, Greenville on Woodruff Road, or online at mrknickerbocker.com. Like and follow on social media for new product launches and more. Mr. Knickerbocker, a Clemson tradition store since 1973. 
Quite often, animals show us how to be our best selves. They make us laugh when we've had a hard day, smile when it's raining, and cuddle when we just need a companion. Sometimes pet owners need a little help with their care, and that's why Clemson Paw Partners was created, offering low-cost spay, neuter, and vaccinations for dogs and cats in the upstate. All staff except vets and techs are 100% unpaid volunteers with big hearts for helping animals in our community. Donate and learn more today at ClemsonPawPartners.org. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. We're your flagship station for Clemson baseball. 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Press on here, out of bounds. Uh, let's let's talk a little Clemson baseball now. Um, I spent three days at the ballpark. If you want to get in with observation, 654-ROAR on the Adams Groving text line or on the phones. Love to chat with folks who uh, who paid attention to the baseball this weekend. By the way, softball had a great week as well, 5-0, 4-0 this weekend. And uh, I know uh, we talked to John Ribbon in hour one. If you missed that or any part of the show, you can go and find it uh, at theroarfm.com. Every single hour, every single show is in podcast form there. So I want to make sure people are aware of that. If you come in in the middle of a conversation and you want to um, hear what we said before, you have to leave in the middle of a conversation and you want to see uh, what we said after, then uh, podcast, a great, great way to do that. With baseball this weekend, when I started the show today, I said there were thi- the, the, the physical way they played the game was right. And I'm using the word right on purpose. With that said, it's not to the exclusion of all other styles of play. Like, we, we had these conversations last year, I remember, and I really stuck up for Monty Lee and his staff and the way they played because I didn't feel like the way they played the game was wrong. I didn't think it was disrespectful to baseball. I didn't think it was overtly losing baseball. I didn't think they were strategically inept. I just didn't. There are different ways to play. And I felt like there were some things that last year's team didn't do great. But it doesn't mean it was bad baseball or wrong baseball. This week was right baseball. And here are some of the things that I saw. And I just jotted a few things down and and made some mental notes. And then I double-checked it with some of the numbers, um, you know, when, when, when the series is all said and done. 21 to 12 walk-to-strikeout ratio for the offense. So they walked 21 times, they struck out 12 times in a three-game series. They're averaging four strikeouts a game. Uh, lots of th- More than once this weekend, I think it were two of the three games, they went one entire time through the order without striking out. And I don't want to make this about, I know somebody asked for it on Twitter and I didn't respond on purpose, but, and I I don't want to dismiss it, but I don't want to make this about, well, how does this compare to the last staff or how does this compare to last year? Because again, I don't think that what the last staff did was broken. I don't think it was wrong. I don't think it was bad baseball. I don't. In fact, I would say what they were doing is more in line with the way that the game of baseball is going, the way that they did offense. 
And I think maybe, did they embrace that a little too much? I mean, it's possible. I don't know. Ben, Clemson baseball in their opening series last year against Indiana, where they destroyed Indiana twice and won in extras on Sunday, they struck out 41 times in three games. 41 Mm. times, including 17 times on opening day. Now, I I will use that as as a comparison. This team struck out 17, not this team, but last year's opening day lineup, struck out 17 times. One player struck out five times on opening day last year. This team struck out 12 times combined in three games this year. And, I, I, I mean, I could go back and look. I would say half the lineup were returners. Probably five or six guys that were really impactful guys last year. And I would say at least four of them were in the opening day lineup. Without going back and like trying to match up names, that's a really big deal. I think I counted only two times that guys came off the bench and struck out. That's a hard thing to do. And a lot of times the guys coming off the bench are freshmen or redshirt freshmen or sophomores. And they are putting the ball in play and drawing walks and having quality at bats. Blake Wright hit two home runs on opening day. Uh, Jacob Jarrell had a home run on opening day. And Cooper Engel had a three-run homer yesterday. And other than that, the other 26 runs of the weekend were scored without benefit of a home run. Only seven of their 33 runs that they scored came on home runs. That means you are making innings happen for 26 of your 33 runs. That's a big deal. Eric Backett just said multiple times he wants to be a run-scoring offense. And to be a run-scoring offense, you want to maximize your ability to score runs. And you can't do that if you're just trying to hit the ball in the air. And you can't do that if you're just bunting or you're just trying to run. He says we have to have all the tools at our disposal. Now, I'm also going to say this. The, the stat that stands out from the position player side this weekend is the 17 stolen bases. They were sending us to the media guide game one to find the school record for stolen bases. And they almost got there. That record, uh, I believe, was it was either 1950 or 1960. Clemson scored 12 runs in a game against the Citadel. They, or they, they uh, stole 12 bases in a game against the Citadel, I should say. They stole 11 bases, 11 in the opener against Binghamton. And there were a couple of reasons why. One thing is, I mean, immediately, Cam Kennerell is the first guy to get on base. He's a freshman now, and his initial lead, his back foot is at the cutout in the grass. Bob Mahoney, he couldn't reach me, but it was as if Bob Mahoney punched me with his eyes. Okay, when he's looking out at first base and he is seeing Cam Canarella with his back foot on the cut, just to give you an idea, a normal decent lead in baseball would have your front foot at the cut, which means that's an one entire extra stride that he took immediately before he ever saw the pitcher's pickoff move. Now, the catcher for Binghamton was not especially quick to second base, and the pitcher for Binghamton never threw over on Friday. So that's how they got 11. But they were able to run on everybody else. They ran on Binghamton three straight days, 17 of 19 on stolen bases, and one of the two times they were caught was actually a pickoff where, according to Eric Backich, and he he said this multiple times, they kind of just, they gambled. They had a call on, and if you have the call on that they had and the pitcher does a certain thing, you're going to get thrown out. It's just the risk that you run. And that's the one thing that fans do need to take into account that, 
there is a trade-off to a certain extent when you're that aggressive on the base path. And I want, I like that. I'm a fan of that. You're also gonna probably gonna get picked off a few more times than you're comfortable with, and and maybe make a couple of base running errors where you know you're just so aggressive instead of going halfway. Maybe the guy went all the, you know, maybe you went three four three quarters of the way and you don't make it back. That happened a couple of times at Clemson too. But all in all, I would say the philosophy on how you run the the bases was a overwhelming success this weekend. I can also tell you, because Eric Baggage has said this multiple times, he says, I would rather get picked off first because our lead's too big than thrown out a second because our lead's too small. I like that. That yeah. you're going to have an aggressive mindset on the bases. And you know what? It didn't cost them the ability to get back. He said he was more upset at the caught stealing at second base than he was Canarella getting picked off at first on Saturday. He said, I was more upset because we got a bad jump with a lead that's not, that wasn't big enough. And so we got thrown out. He also said that, again, he would rather have guys be more aggressive in trying to advance an extra base and maybe get doubled off on the web gym on the diving catch that Rifler had in left field uh, on Saturday. Just the outrageous catch when he's diving up the, the uh, terrace out there and robs extra bases. That was unbelievable. And then, like, from the seat of his pants, throws a 26 hopper to second to double off uh, Cooper Engel. I mean, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. But by and large, clean game defensively, one of the errors was a perfect throw that hit the base runner. They're going to back pick the first base and pick the guy off. With Grice coming in behind, Engel puts a snap throw in, and the guy dives in and it hits him in the arm. But, I mean, the ball was coming right for Grice's glove. He said, I'm not mad about that. And he's not mad about Blackwell knocking a ball down. It was hitting the screws. The other thing that they did from a pitching staff perspective, and this is where I will draw a line of demarcation. I've used that phrase a bunch this weekend in just random conversations, but it, it feels appropriate. I'm going to draw a line of demarcation here because I think there's a difference between pounding the strike zone, which everybody wants to do, and like throwing strikes with a purpose like you understand what you're trying to do and when you locate, you're trying to get swings and misses and weak contact and trying to induce ground balls and so forth. And I felt like Clemson wasn't just throwing strikes just to throw strikes this weekend. They were throwing strikes with a purpose. There was a thought behind it. There was a, obviously there was a plan when they went up to, you know, to attack a hitter. Uh, I think one of the things that we are going to love here about Jimmy Bellinger is you can already tell he does a great job calling the game, and he calls it quickly. They are quick to the plate. They are getting the ball. They are ready. They are not waiting on the batter. They are not. I think I counted maybe twice all weekend, and both times it was like on 3-0 counts that somebody like didn't get right back on the rubber after throwing a pitch. It's those kinds of things. 26 hits they allowed this weekend, all singles. No extra base hits. Very little hard contact. And the hard contact that they had, the outfielders got it in quickly. You had an outfield assist from left field where you hosed a guy with half the baseline to go. Uh, yesterday, in a game you won by 17, but who knows how different that game is if Binghamton scores and goes up one nothing? Who knows? Your starting pitching combined to, to throw 14 and two-thirds innings with two walks and 14 strikeouts. Gave up two earned runs. There were lots of physical things that I loved about this weekend. I loved, uh, we've gotten a number of texts about Cam Canarella 
I loved Cam Canarella, especially when you hear that Cam Canarella's been playing outfield for two weeks. Here's what he did over the weekend. He was 6 of 12 with five RBIs and six runs scored. Had a double and a triple. Had a sack fly. Stole two bases. No errors in the outfield. Made a diving catch going back and to his backhand side. A guy who just started shagging fly balls because they were running low on outfielders two weeks ago. Can we talk about the approach at the plate? Yes. Uh, Because last year was very analytically driven where much of Major League Baseball has gone to that. So in no way saying it's wrong. It's just it's different. And where strikeouts are okay. And I think the level of strikeouts last year got to the point where Clemson fans just were not comfortable with that style, right? That's right. Uh, doesn't mean it's, again, doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. It's just, it was a style that just wasn't working here. It felt like a a major shift in approach at the plate based on what we saw this weekend. And I'll just start with what you saw even before the game ever began Friday with Caden Grice in a leadoff spot. And then uh, to see a guy that had trouble making contact at times last year, not only bat leadoff, but then uh, move up on the plate and choke up on the bat and, and make obvious attempts to make contact. Your thoughts on all that? It was noticeable that with two strikes, I mean, there was one time Chad Ferry – um, I think it was an RBI single he had yesterday. Maybe a double down the line, something like that. He drove in three this weekend, had two doubles, so it may have been a double. Where Bob Mahoney just flat out said he's not doing that last year. Because he's still, you're going to have the same swing with two strikes that you did with no strikes and that you did with one strike. And with this staff, you're not. You're not doing that. It's a team at bat. It's a team approach. It's a selfless approach that says, even if I get myself out, I got to understand how to do a job here. And I got to understand what my role really is. And they have put a premium on not putting your plate outcome in a silo. I don't know how they would say this. I'm, I'm learning their terminology a little bit as we go. But to me, it's about, okay, there's a runner on third, nobody out. It doesn't matter what happens to me as long as the most important thing is that run gets home. I don't care what happens to me. Because I'm not just up there looking for a hit. I, like, my stats are going to take care of themselves if we trust the approach. Players talked all the time about trusting the approach. But even if I get myself out, the point of baseball is scoring runs. And they are going, as I, as I said at the start of this segment, they are going to be a run-scoring offense. They're not going to be an offense that hits for power. They're not going to be an offense that's got a bunch of speed. They're not going to be an offense that hits liners, that hits dingers. They're not going to be an offense that's known for anything but scoring runs. That's what Eric Backage wants. And whatever that means when somebody's at the plate, that's what you do. Whatever gives you a better chance of scoring runs, that's what you do. And... I guess the thing that's the most impressive, we can talk about this a little bit more in the last segment. The thing that's the most impressive to me is that they've all bought it. This team has bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm not sure I've ever seen a team that appears to be blindly trusting a coaching staff the way that this team is. And it's not going to be blind for long because if they continue to swing the bat the way they have, 
Without putting too, I mean, look, it's Binghamton. They might win the America East. I'm not again. I'm not saying they're going to Omaha. Or they're going to be the eventual national champions. Don't don't misunderstand. But when you go from 41 strikeouts opening weekend last year to 12, when you're winning a bunch of games different ways, when you when you really didn't even play that great on Saturday, and yet you find ways to win, when you're playing a style that is inviting the crowd to get involved and not sit on their hands, that's going to pay dividends down the road. I want to talk about this more on the other side because there was some stuff from the press conference on Friday after the game that really stuck out to me. Final segment of the program is next. What if there was a paint that made you look at paint differently? One that completely rewrote paint's genetic code so it can strengthen any color. What if it's built with better ingredients, even given superpowers? Since Benjamin Moore reinvented the way paint is made, it makes you wonder, is it still paint? Benjamin Moore, paint like no other. The Carter Color Company, 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson. Your independent local Benjamin Moore paint retailer. How would you like to drive a new car with no payments for three full months? That's exactly what you can do when your car loan is with State Credit Union. Visit one of their 19 branches or their website for details. Apply for your new car loan online at scscu.com. That's scscu.com. Offer not available for internal refinances. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by the NCUA. If you are looking for first-class service, consider First Class Halt. Here at First Class Halt, our technicians are not paid by commission. All this does is promote unnecessary repairs and dollars being spent by you. We pride ourselves on being honest. We will never sell you a service that doesn't need to be done, and no surprises. All prices must be approved by you before work is done. Come see what First Class Service really means. First Class Halt, located in Anderson and Greenville. The Bojangler's back at Bojangles, a crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning, with the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. Join us every Monday night for Tiger Calls with Clemson head basketball coach Brad Brownell. It's your chance to get in and talk to Coach. Each week, Coach and Don Munson bring you everything you need to know about Clemson basketball. That's Monday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Évidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. McNeely Store and Rental, your hometown local steel dealer for sales and service. With spring around the corner, steel has leaf blowers, trimmers, chainsaws, and mowers that'll make your life simple. With both gas and electric models, our AK Battery Homeowner Systems start at just $199.99. They're not sold at Home Depot or Lowe's. Two convenient locations in Clemson and West Union. Learn more at McNeelyStoreAndRental.SteelDealer.com. 
www.ghostofthecenter.net. Call 654-9187-Clemson or 718-1449-West Union. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Your game day connection to Clemson football. All day, every game. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar where every day is game day. Quark, it's the last segment of the show already today. Let me ask you a question. Serious question here. Okay. Most people in our listening audience, when you're talking about baseball, okay, you're talking about South Carolina destroying whoever they played. I mean, they scored a bunch of runs. UMass Lowell, who, by the way, and this is not, I just want to say this, this is not casting aspersions. They will finish lower than Binghamton in the America East this year. They did as good as they could do for the opening weekend, right? That's right. uh, Clemson plays Binghamton. Most people listening to us know that you spent 12, 14 hours around this team and at the ballpark this weekend. And they most people realize that things being said today, yes, it's only one series because that's all we've seen. And so that's what we're not – most people understand that, right, that this is not the way it's going to be forever and that we don't think that. And, like, this is – we're given – you're given feedback on what you have seen after one series. I mean – do you feel like most people understand that, or we need to be reminded of that on the text line? What, where are you on that? Well, do I wh- give fans too much credit that they that they only that they realize that we too have only seen three games? You know, I I wish I wish that this weren't the case, but I and I th- there's some actual constructive things to say about this, but I just want to can I just have some? I just want some personal time for a second. I get accused of, like, my wife even uh, saw a tweet the other day. She doesn't even have Twitter, so I don't even know what that's about. She saw a tweet the other day from someone being like, please don't tweet during games anymore. Like, <laughs> to you? To, yeah, don't tweet. Because I did the jinx, because I'm like, oh, this is going great. And then it ends up not going great. And here's what I, here's what I think we have, okay? Here's what I think we have. We're, we're going to go big philosophical and then get down to the baseball weekend. By the way, you might want to change the uh, password on your phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd think I would know. Been married over three years. You'd think I would know. Uh, I I think we have a society that doesn't actually enjoy 
having opinions as much as dunking on other people's opinions. And in particular, that manifests itself in an annoying way when the things that you say are obviously pertinent at a specific moment in time. Like, for instance, if I say Clemson's shooting 60% right now, and then four hours later when the game's over and he shot 35% the rest of the game, somebody goes, well, that didn't age well. Well, no, I believe Sherlock. I tweeted it when it was 60%. You know what? I'm standing. I don't even care. Oh, I tweeted it when it was 60%. If I say, well, Jay Dill's off to a good start. He struck out six to the first, six hitters he faced. And then the next six guys get hits. Guess what? It's no longer pertinent. You don't have to tell me that age poorly because guess what happened after I tweeted it? Somebody else came up to the plate. We have got to allow people to have opinions in a moment in time that don't last sometimes. That we're just reacting to information that we have in the moment. Far be it from us. God forbid that I see the sun's out and then 12 hours later somebody tweet out, oh, well, that aged poorly because I don't see the flipping sun. All I see is the moon. 12 hours later, the sun sets and the moon's out. There's different information. Why in the world? Old takes exposed is the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. Because all it does is it creates an environment where somebody can say something, oh, such and such a 4-2 with three minutes into the game. Looks like a good offensive performance right now. Well, who knows what's going to happen the next 37 minutes. But I didn't make a declaration that they were never going to give up a basket or they were going to score every time. Same thing with baseball. We can say things are true after three games that they might not be true in two weeks. Because somebody might get hurt or somebody might strike out 17 consecutive at-bats or somebody might do this or that. All I'm saying is what's happening right now. I also think it's fun for people to say, well, how in the world could you know all this after three games? Because I didn't just show up for pitch one and leave when the game was over. Because I talked to people and I'm around and I like, and you know what? I've been around baseball a long time. So I know what it looks like when things are going well and I know what it looks like when things aren't going well. And, And you know what? This team might go 30 and 30. They might. I'm running out of breath, man. I should have done more cardio this weekend. This team might go 30 and 30. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I heard more than one person say this weekend, if we are going to Omaha, comma, dot, 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 and say this is what has to happen, and that's the way they're talking, and it is not a joke, and it is not a prayer, and it is not a hope, and it is not something out of the ordinary, and it is not something that the players are winking and nodding, or they're just like, oh, if things go right. They actually think they can do that. Inside the baseball offices this year with this team, they actually believe that. And so if I'm telling you that, then I don't, I I think fans should go to the ballpark expecting to look like a team that could possibly go to Omaha. And that's what I think is different about this team. There's a way of talking. There's a way of carrying yourself. There's a way of behaving on the field. There's a way of acting in the dugout. There's a way of preparing. There's a way that batting practice looks. There's a way that the uh, infield outfield looks. There's a way that fungo looks. There's a way that they talk to each other. There's a way that they meet. There's a way that their coaches speak. There's a way that they have lingo in the dugout. There's a way that they relate to each other. That is distinctive. And it might not be distinctive a month from now. How many times have we seen a team and gone, boy, that you know what I'm gonna sit back down because I'm getting a little I'm getting a little winded. Uh, I how many times have we seen a team where we're like, man, the chemistry in that dugout clubhouse, whatever, that in that locker room, that chemistry is great, and then something changes, and all of a sudden you're like, man, that that chemistry is gone. I don't know what happened the last month. That chemistry is gone. It doesn't mean we lied a month ago. 
It, it doesn't mean we weren't right a month ago. It meant that some circumstance changed. We got to give people a chance to respond to changing circumstances instead of being like, oh, you know that thing you uh, tweeted six weeks ago? Oh, that, oh that, that aged poorly. But that's because I tweeted it six weeks ago and not right now. Right now, I'm not tweeting that. So anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. Sometimes we just say, like, if, if, if some of this ends up not being true, then, like, don't get mad at me because I'm just telling you what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling right now. I will continue to get mad at you for having an opinion as I give you my opinion on your opinion. Yes. That's exactly, yes. that, that's what we do now. That's right. So, like, You and I, I were just talking about that during the break, actually. It's, I, I'm seeing things in a different light for some reason the last couple of months and that's my overwhelming take i've been guilty of that too i mean i'm i'm, I'm living in a glass house when i throw that rock okay but yeah I, hey i'm gonna tune in to your radio show to listen to your opinion and then i'm gonna get mad at you about your opinion because it differs from my opinion I just think, and th- there is a there is room to have a difference of opinion. There might it's, be people. Interesting. There might be people that went to the uh, that went to the ballpark this weekend that were like, eh. I don't know who those people are. I would say you're not a baseball person if you went away being. Eh. In fact, let me just. I, I want to play this clip real quick. We only got a couple minutes left. I want to play this clip. This is from post game on Friday. And this got me, I mean, I was fired up. I had goosebumps. I ran downstairs. My wife had no idea what I was freaking out about. I was listening to player interviews. I'm just going to play you two questions and answers. In fact, I might just give you one, just to give you a little flavor. We'll just do one. We'll just do that first one. This is Ryan Ammons at the podium, okay? And Blake Wright is at the other podium. You know what? Let's do two because Blake Wright had the next question, and it's the same exact thing. Listen to, if you can hear the question, listen to the question asked. It's from TigerNet, by the way, on YouTube. Listen to the question asked and listen to Ryan Ammon's answer and then listen to the question Blake Wright's asked and his answer and, and just see what you think is distinctive about this. Well, um, what a job by uh, freshman Jacob Gerald today. Uh, really stepped up. Um, was one of the hardest workers on our team. Uh, and to see him thrive in his opportunity today, um, super cool to see Jacob out there and, and looking like a true vet out there when he was catching behind the play. Okay, stop it. Stop the stop the clip right there. Now, that's Ryan Ammons being asked by David Hood, I believe, about his performance. He if, was asked, how was it difficult to settle in out there? Like, you've pitched before, you've gotten ready to go in games, but you never started before. Was it difficult to, to get set up? Basically, something like that. Ryan Ammons spent the whole time talking about the catcher, so I'm going, okay, that's interesting. Can we play that next part where Blake Wright is asked a similar question about his own performance and what he said? We we can. Well, I know you had a two home run game last season against Miami, but how cool was it to do that today in the opener? Yeah, it was just awesome to see uh, DKS packed, and credit goes to the, the coaching staff and, and everyone who, who came up with a great game plan uh, for us and just to start. It was it was fun. It was fun. All right, so he's asked a question. Hey, was it great to hit two home runs, which you've done in your career? And he says it was great to see DKS packed. Folks, that went on for four minutes. The media is trying to get, which I would have been really frustrated if I wanted a quote from Ammons or Blake Wright. It's going to be really frustrating for, uh, for the media for the next 53 games. If I wanted a quote from them about their own performance, I ain't getting it. It was, tell me about your performance. Tell me about this. Tell me. One of the questions was, hey, how great is it? Uh, 
Ryan Ames was asked, hey, um, you know, your team stole 11 bases today. How frustrating is that for a pitcher when a team runs like that? And he was like, you know, the name of the game is just pounding strike zone, and that's what we all did today. Really proud of the staff. It was four straight minutes of, I'm not going to talk about myself at all. Not once, not in any context. I'm not going to applaud myself. I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to betray that I had any emotional connection to any of my results. Now, you might say that's a little weird, Quok. That's one game. There's 55 more. It is setting a tone for a way that things are going to be. It is we, not me. It is team at bats, not me at bats. It is sacrifice. It is discipline. It is everybody else going to have my back when things go wrong. I'm going to have other people's back when things go wrong. That's what they're setting up. That's what I say when I told people it was not as much about the physical stuff, even though going from 41 strikeouts last opening weekend to 12 is a big deal. By the way, to the texter who thinks that Indiana's pitchers last year were way better than Binghamton's pitchers, they were not. I watched all six of those games. They were not better. Indiana put two youngsters on the mound last year. These were all returners who pitched in a regional. How Give me a break you, How can that. you tell that by just one week? Right, exactly right. Exactly right. That... That, to me, is exactly what the difference is in the program right now. Give me a grade, Quag. Uh, it's just one weekend, <clears throat> three games. If an op- in an opening weekend, was this a successful opening weekend or just average? I mean, where, where do we rank? based on opening weekend, which is obviously all we can talk about. It was A-plus. It was A-plus. And it doesn't mean they played perfect because Saturday wasn't great, but they, to me, the most important thing they could have done on opening weekend, besides win all the games, which they did, was establish a way of playing that is going to mark the next 53 games. And I'm going to tell you, there was nothing about these three games that seemed to me like it couldn't be replicated and duplicated over and over and over again against every single team they play. If you're choking up with two strikes and putting the ball in play, if you're a threat to run every single game, if you're throwing meaningful strikes to every single batter and the guy's coming out of the bullpen every single time, oh, I got so much to say about this. If you can do that, you're beating Everybody, and they have better players than people think too. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. Waltz up next. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg.